Thank you, Spirit of Grace. Nice job. This week, as I was considering a passage or a theme to preach on, uh, last week we talked about Reformation Sunday and the Reformation and the five solas of the Reformation, and, and this was kind of an open Sunday, you might say, and I was kind of looking over the lectionary passages, and um, I, there was a passage in Joshua, and um, I was looking at that, and then I realized that I had the wrong chapter, and I was looking at Joshua 24, and the, the text was, I think, Joshua 4 or something else. I don't remember now off the top of my head, but, and I thought, oh, I, I'm mistaken. And then I thought, no, maybe God led me to this chapter for a purpose, for a reason, and I read it again, and I kind of fell in love with it, and I thought, you know what, this, God has something here for us today. And uh, so I would like to read for you, and the words are on the screen. Please follow along. Our scripture lesson today from Joshua, the Old Testament prophet, Joshua, uh, or leader, Joshua 24, verses 1 through 18. It's a little longer passage than maybe typical, so please follow along. I know you can do it. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your forefathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, lived beyond the river and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the river and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, but Jacob and his sons went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there and brought you out. When I brought your fathers out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the desert for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them before you, and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Beor, to put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam. So he blessed you again and again and delivered you out of his hand. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you as did also the Amorites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hittites, Girgashites, Hivites, and Jebusites, but I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you, also the two Amorite kings. You did not do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build, and you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. 
So now Joshua says, now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it for us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God Himself who brought us and our fathers up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed these great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites, who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because He is our God. So ends the reading of God's holy word. Let's pray. Lord and Father, come to us. Speak to us. As we still our bodies, as we open our ears, as we silence our lips and focus our minds, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Refresh us and renew us by your word, and now it's preaching. May your will be done in our lives and at Grace Church. In your holy name we pray it, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Dear people loved by God, do you ever long for renewal? for refreshing, for revitalization in your life. I'm just so tired lately. That extra hour didn't do it for me. I think I need two or three more hours of sleep. I don't know. I've just been feeling so tired. It just seems that life just keeps coming at you, coming at me. As the kids want this and that. My spouse, I can never seem to please her. And my work, the demands of my job and my boss and the coworkers getting along with them. It's not easy. Friends, even church, it's just so much. It seems like it's just weighing so heavy. And I just can't seem to get on top of anything anymore. I'm just always behind trying to play catch up. I'm just tired. I'm weary. I need help. I need refreshing. I need a nap. My spouse of all of those years, she's gone. Cancer, 
It's a nefarious disease. It shows no mercy. It's not pretty. I tried to nurse her along as much as I could for months, even years. Finally, cancer overtook her. And I miss her. I miss her deeply. I'm alone. My house is empty, so quiet. We used to do everything together. And now it's just me around the kitchen table, eating meals alone. I am heavy with grief. My heart is weary. Some days I do not want to get out of bed. I need renewal. I need healing. I need hope. I don't know about you, but I am not ready for winter. Those cold wind chills we had like a week ago, earlier this week, too much for me. Brr. I know we've got some warmer weather this weekend. That's great. This week looks pretty good, but I tell you what, winter is coming. We are not going to be able to avoid colder temperatures. We live in Iowa. It is cold. I'm just not ready for that. I had to go out and buy new sweaters yesterday. It's like too cold. The days are short, gloomy. The nights dark, cold, lonely. Get me into a hot tub. I need help. I'm not quite there yet. Dear Lord, bring renewal and revival to Grace Church. Move among us in a mighty new way by your Holy Spirit, Lord. May you breathe new life into us, into this congregation, into our church, Lord. We need you. Lord, we are tired of going through the motions and the routines, and we long for growth in every way that is important to you. Lord, would you come and breathe new life into our hearts, into our spirits, into our congregation, Lord. Would you refresh us and renew us, revive us again, we pray. Maybe you too long for revival and renewal. Maybe you're weary and tired and life just keeps coming at you and there's no relief, nothing relents, and you're worn out, you're burned out.
feeling tired and weary. Maybe you are filled with grief. You've lost someone or something that has been very precious to you, a loved one, a friend, a family member, a job, and you are hurting and you are grieving and you need relief. Maybe you're not ready for winter. It's going to get cold. Why do we live in Iowa? Send me to Hawaii. Yes. Maybe you too join your pastor in praying for renewal and revival for Grace Church or for your own life. We all need and want revival, it seems. Come, Lord Jesus, come, refresh us, O Holy Spirit. We need you, but the question is, how do we find it? How do we get revival? How do we get renewed by God's Spirit? And so often we jump right to the New Testament and we look at the words of Jesus, and rightly so, true revival comes to us from God through Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus' words himself tell us to, to come, all you who are weary and heavy laden, says Jesus, and I, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and you will find rest for your souls. But today, in kind of a strange way, God has led me not to the New Testament or even to the words of Jesus himself, but to an Old Testament passage. It's one of my favorites, maybe yours too, from the Old Testament prophet Joshua. Joshua. What do we know about Joshua? Who was he? Today we look at Joshua's farewell speech. As a youth, Joshua lived through the bitter realities of slavery in Egypt. He witnessed the supernatural plagues that God afflicted the Egyptians with and the miracles by which God brought them out of Egypt. He was a part of the Israelites' release from captivity and the exodus from Egypt, the crossing of the Red Sea. Joshua was there to witness it all, this incredible miracle of parting the sea. Joshua was allowed to accompany Moses up to Mount Sinai where the Ten Commandments were given by God himself to Moses. And when Moses died, he handed everything over to Joshua. Joshua became a courageous leader of the Israelites, leading them into the promised land, driving out all the various people, all the ites, and taking possession of the land. Surely God's anointing was upon Joshua. God had promised to guide and strengthen Joshua just as he had Moses. But now Joshua calls the Israelite people to him at a place called Shechem. The people are weary. The people are no doubt tired from Wandering and fighting battles in their promised land, trying to hold their ground. And, and Joshua is on the brink of death. His days are winding down, and he knows it. And so he calls all of the Israelite people to him, and he gives them his farewell speech. If you were Joshua, what would you say? 
How would you motivate? How would you encourage the Israelite people who were so prone to wandering away from God? If you were Joshua, what would you say? What would you say in your own farewell speech? There are three movements to Joshua chapter 24, which I want to submit to you today, and each one of them is good news for the weary. You might consider them three steps toward renewal. Number one, to trace, excuse me, to retrace God's steps. Say it with me, to retrace God's steps. One of the things that I enjoy doing at the end of a full day is to reflect upon what God has done, how God has blessed me. Maybe there are things that I have accomplished, things that I got done that I could be proud of. Maybe they were people that I met. Maybe they were chance encounters, and God used me in a significant way in a conversation with somebody. Maybe it was a meeting that went really well. Maybe it was just something that I ate that I was pleased with. That barbecued chicken, man, I really did out myself. I outdid myself that time. Barbecued chicken, asparagus. Used to hate asparagus as a kid. Asparagus, who wants that? Remember the veggie tails? Asparagus, you know. No, I didn't like asparagus. Now I love it. Greens, vitamins, it's good for you. Rice, long grain, wild. Uncle Ben, he's pretty good at that rice. Maybe a sliver of pumpkin pie for dessert with a little bit of whipped cream on top. Anybody getting hungry? <laughs> Past lunchtime already, right? The hour change. Sometimes I just love to reflect on the day and give thanks. When my, when my head hits the pillow at night, I never found it difficult to find reasons to give thanks and praise to God at the end of a day. Even as a farm boy growing up, I've started this as a young boy and I, I continue the practice to today. It keeps me grateful. It keeps me humble. It keeps me connected to God. Remembering His faithfulness and retracing the steps of God in my life, even for a day, lifts my spirit. And that's exactly what Joshua does with the Israelites in verses 1 through 13. He recounts all of the many ways, not just for a day, not for a week or even a year, but throughout the history of the Israelites. Joshua recounts all of this history that God has with the Israelite people. He retraces God's good steps. And he does it with the Israelite people in his farewell speech. He said, you know, God called Abraham, remember, from his homeland, and he blessed him. And remember how God... Gave Abraham many descendants, even though he was old and advanced in years, along with his wife, Sarah. He gave them Isaac and, and Jacob. And remember how God called Moses and Aaron to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. How he had uh, afflicted the Egyptians with plagues so that they would release the, the Israelites. They could be freed. How he destroyed the Egyptians in the Red Sea. How God led the Israelites across the Jordan River then to enter the promised land under Joshua's leadership, driving out the Amorites and the Perizzites, the Canaanites, and all the other ites. How God gave the Israelites land, cities they did not build, vineyards they did not tend, olive groves they did not plant. Joshua retraces the mighty acts of God throughout their history. How it is that God had always acted favorably and faithfully 
to his people. That alone can lift your heart. When is the last time you paused to recount God's working in your life? Whether it be a day or a week or this past year or throughout your entire lifetime, when is the last time you paused and gave intentional thought and effort to counting your blessings and naming them one by one? I want to challenge you to do this. This is your homework this week. Grab a pen or pencil and, and a notepad and just begin to write things down. You know what? I do this every Thanksgiving day, and I've done it for so many years, I don't even know how many now, but it's become a part of my extended devotional and Thanksgiving time with God. Every Thanksgiving morning, I get out a legal pad, I start jotting everything that I can think of that I'm thankful for. Ways that God has blessed me, everything from technology to the amenities of life to family and friends and health and, and a, a lovely church family. You're on that list. And it just does me good to remember when I'm feeling weary because so often we, we just focus on the problems. When we're feeling weary, all we think about is the negative. All we think about are the things that aren't happening that we maybe wish were. So Joshua leads the Israelites through this little exercise of retracing God's steps, of remembering His faithfulness and, and articulating and even listing all of the many ways that God has been good to them. Think about it. When has God ever let you down? Never. God always comes through. His track record is perfect in all of our lives. So give Him thanks. Retracing God's steps will help bring renewed perspective and renewal in your heart. Number two, not only do we retrace God's steps toward, uh, toward renewal, but we refocus on God's standard. Just say it with me. Refocus on God's standard. Joshua says in verses 14 through 15, Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua makes a bold declaration. Joshua defines himself. He declares himself and says, this is where I stand. And he hopes that in his words, he will inspire others to do the same. He says, look, you don't need all those other gods, small g. They're just idols. They're substitutes. They are not the true and living God. All of those things that you learned about and were exposed to in Egypt... Get rid of them. It's been said that God could lead the Israelites out of Egypt in one day, but it took 40 years to get the Egypt out of the Israelites. They were so intertwined and ingrained in this secular culture that they, they had lost track of the true and living God. 
And I think how easy it is for us today too. We live in a culture that is secular. There are many forces that are acting against us. Joshua says, no, you choose this day whom you will serve. Ever notice how easy it is to drift from God? Anybody ever go fishing in a rowboat out on a little lake? Yeah, you can sit there in a rowboat. And you know what? It might not even feel like there's a wind or a breeze or a current, but just gradually over time, you start to drift. You started over here, and you ended up over there. And over there, which is the new here, may not be where you really want to be, right? It's so easy to drift. Even, even if you put the anchor down, if there's a little bit of a breeze or a current, you might, that anchor can kind of drags along underneath on the bottom. It's so easy to drift and to drift spiritually. There's many currents and forces that are operating against us in today's world, in our culture. I like, uh, I like airline, uh, airplane flights. Airliners are always doing course correction in the middle of the flight. You don't even know it. Most of it's done by autopilot. It's a good thing because the forces of nature, the winds of the jet stream and the upper atmospheres are always swirling around and blowing those planes off course. And what happens is only just a couple of degrees off from your, your preferred plan, a couple of vectors off, and over time and distance, you find yourself could be hundreds of miles off from your mark, from your destination. And this is often how the enemy works, right? Just a little compromise. Just a little concession. Just a couple of degrees. I'm not too far off. Just a little. But one day you wake up and you're like, how did I get here? I wanted to be there. Truth is, we all drift. We all need Joshua. We all need God to call us back to our true north. Maybe your walk with God has become kind of dry and routine. Maybe you're not as passionate as you once were about following Jesus. Maybe your prayer life is suffering or your Bible reading is lacking. Maybe you seldom make it to worship anymore and your faith feels more like duty and ritual and routines. We've all been there. Maybe you are even starting to give yourself to the idols and false gods of our own culture, power, control, money. The list goes on. And the truth is we all need to be called back to God's holy standard. We are all sinners and we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Nobody's perfect. I need it as much as anyone. But thankfully, we have a Bible and we have the Holy Spirit and we have a church family and a, a pastor and teachers and friends to, to help us stay true. But maybe you're drifting from God today. Maybe there's an area of your life where you need to refocus on God's will and purpose for you. Maybe you need a course correction to return to God 
There's a wonderful story in Luke chapter 15 about a son who was tired of working the family farm. And so he approached his dad and he said, Dad, I need to get out of here. I'm destined for bigger, better things. I want to head to the city. Dad, could I have my share of the inheritance now? What a son, right? The father was very gracious, and he said, okay, son, here it is. He sent his son off. The son went away, and you know the story. He spent, he spent all the money in wild and licentious living and, and eventually ended up broke and had to hire himself out to a farmer. He was, found himself in the pig pen feeding the pig slop, and he even looked at the slop that he was feeding the pigs, and he thought to himself, even that looks good. I'm so hungry right now. I could almost eat the pig food. Finally, he came up with an idea. He thought, you know what? My father's hired servants are doing better than I am here. I'll humble myself. I'll go back to my father, and I'll say, Dad, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of your hired servants. I'll work there. I'll sleep in the servants' quarters. Just, just let me have a meal to eat and a place to sleep. And what did his father say? No. You're my son. You are my son. Hey, kill the fatted calf. Go get the robe. Bring the family ring and put it on his finger. The family insignia is like, give him him the credit card. He's a part of us. For my son was lost and is found. He was dead and he is alive again. And friends, the The arms of God Almighty stand outstretched for you today to receive you back into His fold, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, the poor choices that you may have made, whatever it may be, God is saying, come, come to me today. Refocus on God's standards, namely two of them, love God and love others. That sums up all the rest of the law. Love God, love others. Make that your heart's desire today again. We retrace God's steps. Joshua says, now refocus on God's standard. Choose to serve God and God alone. And then thirdly, to rededicate to God's service. Say it with me. To rededicate to God's service. Five frogs on a log. Three of them decide to jump off the log. How many are frogs are still on the log? You might say two, but the answer is five. Because deciding to jump into the lake or the river is not the same as actually doing it. We may have good intentions. We might think in our mind, this is what we're going to do, but until we actually do it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference. And Joshua is saying right here, right now, now it's time to make a decision. It's time to do it. It's good to retrace and remember God. It's good to refocus on His standard. That's where I need to aspire to. Now we have to do it. How did the Israelite people respond to Joshua's challenge? Would they repent and return to God? or would they, uh, Who would they serve? Who would they serve? In verses 16 through 18, tell us, Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods, 
It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our fathers up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us in our entire journey and among all of the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because He is our God. Joshua's bold challenge works. The people rededicate themselves to serving God, to doing life His way, to making the true God, not the false gods, but the true God, the center in their lives, to have no other gods beside Him or before Him. Perhaps today is your day to rededicate your life to God, to His service. Would you echo the words of the Israelites and declare also, far be it from us, for me, to forsake the Lord, to serve other gods? I'm not going to do that. Why would I do that? Because this God has led me all of my life. He's led me from a land of slavery and sin to an abundant promised land. Will you also let it be known that you too will serve the Lord today? Would you also profess boldly that He is our God? He's my God. You see, God is awaiting your decision and your answer will be with your actions. And so today is a day for rededication. Today is a day to renew your life in the Lord. I want to suggest to you three things, three kind of relatively simple things to rededicate your life to, just in case you want to make this a little bit more concrete. Number one, rededicate your life to God and His Word. To God and His Word. In, Revel, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 30, verse 33, the Lord says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things that you're worrying about, they'll be added to you as well. They'll be given to you. God will meet all of your needs. But seek first His kingdom. Seek God first. Seek His Word first. Get to know His Word. Get to know God and make Him the center and priority of your life. No debate there. Sounds good. Let's do it. Number two, dedicate or rededicate yourself to the church the church of Jesus Christ, perhaps even Grace Church today. Live out your membership vows. Walk humbly with each other. Walk in purity. Work in peace with one another. We're one big family here. And you are needed. Every one of you has a gift, a talent, a personality to offer to this unique bunch known as Grace Church. So rededicate yourself. Join us in our mission. Get on board. Number three, rededicate yourself to following the person of Jesus. Just saying it, say it with me. To following the person of Jesus. Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, verse 34, if anyone would come after me, he must do three things. Number one, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me, he says. Jesus says, follow me. 
In other words, he didn't say, come uh, believe a creed. He didn't say, align yourself with this correct doctrine, as important as those things may be. He didn't even say, join a church, as, as important as that is. We know God wants us to be a part of a church. But he says, no, first and foremost, follow me. God is calling you through Jesus into a relationship with him. This is not about religion. It's not about a bunch of rules or rituals. It is about a life-giving, abundant relationship with God, your maker, through Jesus Christ, who said that no one comes to the Father but through me, because I am the way, the truth, and the life. I love our small group series, The Chosen. Um, Those of you who aren't a part of this series, you are missing out on some really, really moving uh, episodes it just makes the Bible come alive. It makes the disciples seem real. And, it, and we know there's some creative license and interpretation, of course, but it's very plausible. And it makes Jesus, most importantly, come alive. It gives us a very concrete and specific model of Jesus. We know he's not Jesus. He's, a, he's an actor, but Wow makes me want to become more like him. His actions, his mannerisms, his compassion, his tenderness, his firmness, all of it portrayed so well in this series. Rededicate yourself to God and his word, to his church, and to the person of Jesus, following him, not a set of rules, not even to all of Paul's prohibitions in the New Testament, but to the compassion of Christ-likeness in your life. You know the interesting thing about this passage? You know Joshua? You know the Old Testament word Yahshua? Yeshua or Yahshua? Joshua is where the name Joshua comes from. It's also the foundations of the New Testament name Jesus. Both names mean Savior. And what Joshua was to the Old Testament Israelites, Jesus is for us today. And today you may be weary and wondering and wondering, where's life taking me? Where am I going? What am I doing? I'm tired, I'm weary, I'm grieving, whatever it may be. And the good news today is that God is offering you and me forgiveness and hope and cleansing, and new life, and abundance in Jesus. And it's a free gift. You have all you need. You have all the right stuff right now. Just trust it. Receive it by faith. Amen? Lord, we are weary, and we are tired, and we need you. We need your help. We need your hope. We need your holiness. Lord and God, we We ask that you will come and renew us today, even through your word, through its preaching, and through our worship, and through our fellowship together, Lord. All of these things can help us. And we thank you, Lord, that your spirit works through Joshua and through the Old Testament just as well as through the New. And that even through this story of Old Testament Israelites, that we can be renewed and encouraged even by taking these three simple steps. They're simple, but they're not easy. But Lord, help us and thank you for reminding us. Refresh us and renew us and breathe new life and revival into Grace Church as well. In your holy name we pray.
Amen.